Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is JJ Herdianis, and joining us on the show today is the one, the only, Joe out of Maine. What's going on, Joe? How are you, man? Hey, nice, nice to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, I appreciate you being here on this Thursday. And uh, before we dive into the nitty gritty of what you have going on at Dynamics Fitness, uh, first tell us a little bit about what, how you describe your business to people and what made you get started in the first place? Yeah, so we have a, a, a niche in our in our area of Maine, um, and it, it's, it's split right down the middle between group class instruction as well as private training and small group training. It's not a facility where you come in and, and you have your own membership and do your own thing. It's very black and white with uh, the services that we offer. Um, and I hate to use the word functional training because that's kind of a buzzword nowadays, but that's a, essentially you know, the approach that we take with our clientele, an athletic training type of approach to the general public for a, uh, a move well, feel well type concept um, with our program design. And uh, it's been a 13-year run. It's back in 2009, I opened up my, my first facility. And I've been in the trenches, not only as a, as a business owner, but as a trainer throughout uh, this whole process. And uh, it's, it's been a fun and rewarding experience, for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, I, I just want to say there, Joe, I mean, that's huge to be through, I mean, 2009, to be here through, I mean, through COVID and everything else in between. I mean, geez, and kudos to you on that. And to have two facilities at that, I mean, that's awesome. And uh, so let me ask you this, Joe, to dive into the business a little more. Uh, what kind of services, uh, if I was the avatar, let's say I walked in, what services would I have to choose from if I was to walk in and become a member? Sure. Real, you know, it, it all starts with what's, you know, what your goals look like um, from that aspect. And then um, obviously what's a, what's feasible and attainable long-term from a cost standpoint for you. So we have good options in that, from that perspective, we pride ourselves on, you know, I hate to use the word low pricing structure because, you know, a lot of times um, with a low cost comes a stigma of the quality being down, but we have affordable pricing. And my goal was always to be able to, uh, you know, um, adhere to more demographics and the more demographics I can adhere to the more lives we can change. And that's really what got me into this business in the first place. And I can't take credit for that. I had a business coach when I was, you know, in my early 20s who taught me a lot about different business models. And that's kind of the model that we chose to go down. Um, but with that said, about it always goes back and forth, 50, 51, 49 in terms of percentage of our business revenue, where it comes from, from group classes, which we see the hands down the most amount of customers because it's a, it's a very affordable um, attainable thing where people can come two, three days a week, get a great uh, workout. We call them boot camp classes, but um, they're very, very um, well coached in terms of program design, safe and effective, fun, a, a nice mix of, we like to call it intelligent program design. You know, you get a push, you get a pull, you get a hinge squat rotation, a nice blend of core accessory movements with a touch of uh, conditioning. So those classes are just a nice bang for your buck class for the general public who just want to stay fit, stay um, healthy, be able to keep up with their kids, etc. For those who have a little bit more individualized goals, we offer private training and, and semi-private training. Semi-private training is probably our next um, 
busiest service because it falls into that category of being cost effective. You can share the cost of the hour with others in your group. Um, it's fun to be around others. As we know, it's motivating. It, uh, it can be encouraging, et cetera. You can build relationships that, which obviously go down another rabbit hole with culture. Um, so that's a very popular service. And, uh, on top of that, we have, of course, private training for those who have uh, interest to be by themselves and have really individualized goals and have all eyes on them. And, and that's there for people as well. So, so those are the big three. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And, how many members are you guys at currently? Oh, it goes all all over the place. You know, we can see anywhere between 300 boot campers. We call them boot campers, class attendees in a week. And we have um, we have a total of 10 trainers between the two locations, 10, 10 class instructors between the two locations. Um, and each class, each each trainer takes anywhere between 10 and 20 hours a week. We have a couple that do 40 hours a week. And, um, and the average class instructor teaches about two, two classes a week. So, you know, we, we certainly share the, uh, uh, share the love with a lot of different people. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and so to use myself as the avatar again, so if I was to walk in to dynamics, uh, what would I have to pay to get started? Uh, so you can do group classes at $11 per class if you buy a class pass of seven. And then we also have private training, which is at $50 and small group training, which is at $60. You share the cost between two to three people. Um, and we have uh, semi-private training for groups of four. At that, sometimes it turns into more of a class type structure. So that can be, you know, uh, an option, but that's $70 split amongst the group. Gotcha. Which yep. is smart. I think that that kind of you do get your biggest bang for your buck. Yeah, I do. I, I see exactly what you're saying there with having the, the flexibility. Um, and I think that's great. I think that's great. I think it's a good structure for people, especially who want to work out together in groups and aren't as confident. And that's, that's awesome. Um, and let me ask this, Joe. So uh, as far as clients go, how do you guys go about finding new clients? Right. Because I know typically... I mean, other than the obvious of word of mouth, right? References. What do you guys do to pull in new people? Yeah. I mean, that's a tough one because I hate to sound, you know, confident and like um, our strategy, we don't spend a lot of money on marketing, hardly any at all. We, our lower pricing structure model for the past 13 has done really well for us from a um, financial standpoint and a customer acquisition standpoint. So the name of the game is, of course, get the clients in the door. And then most importantly, I, I've always said to my trainers from when, when we work on developing them from their early stages is do a very good job with your customers that you have. And a lot of things will take care of itself from there. You know, our area in Maine and Southern Maine is a very small world. So, you know, word travels fast. So word of mouth is a very, very powerful tool of advertising for us. Um, so, you know, we obviously have social media. We have an email marketing campaign. Um, we, uh, we get involved with charitable contribution causes, et cetera. But for the most part, you know, we try to have the best, I mean, it's cliche, of course, but we try to have the best coaches that are the best people um, that are always continuing in their education and very consistent with the product that they offer um, day in and day out and try to over deliver with every client. And that has returned us, returned our investment, you know, with, uh, maintaining customers. I think we have a very good client retention um, rate. And uh, 
I think for all those factors that I just spoke about, we are, we are fortunate to get a lot of new client inquiries on a weekly basis. And through these post-pandemic times, that's been an enormous challenge for myself and my manager of my second location to try and meet the demands of the in- inquiries. Yeah. Yeah, completely. I, I think that's a, that's a big, um, a lot of points that you mentioned there are, are sent out to me a little bit actually, because I want to mention, I just want to touch on the, on the part about the, the fulfillment, right? Because when you have a great fulfillment and people refer, they're raising their status to do so. So that obviously means you guys are delivering at a high, very, very high level. And also it brings great retention. You know, they don't want to leave. Mm-hmm. So I think that's awesome. A lot of gym owners, I think, should take pride in that fulfillment process and how good they are at their fulfillment. So I think that's awesome. I mean, I understand the concept of, you know, hey, not using the digital marketing or, or doing marketing on that aspect, but providing such a great service that you know you're going to get leads from there. So I know you said you do get a good uh, a good amount of traction from from referrals or, or from word of mouth. So how many do you typically or estimate do you see on a weekly basis from just word of mouth alone? One second, I think I lost you. Um, on a monthly basis, you know, I'd say we probably get one to two new personal training inquiries a week at minimum. And then bootcamp customers, it's not uncommon to see one new person a day, one new person every other day. Average classes can be anywhere between. We're growing back now um, 12, 15 people. Um, obviously, we're not quite where we were in 2019. March of uh, this past March was was very comparable to 2019. But we're, we're, we're heading in that direction. So, um, yeah, that's about where in terms of uh, new customer acquisition, that's about where we're, where we're at, which is a big challenge for me right now, because we have, you know, we've lost a few coaches through the pandemic through, you know, a, a lot of the challenges that many gym owners face from the unemployment situation to, you know, the list goes on for why people haven't chose to come back to work, et cetera. And um, the, just the, the whole workforce in general as, as a, as a problem. So the coaches that we have are terrific, but we, you know, we're near capacity and it's been a challenge to, um, fulfill the demand. And then obviously we're always looking for new coaches, but we're very selective through that process because as you know, it's a, it, it's a challenge to find the coach that can meet the criteria of what you try to represent as a business, what you try to represent as a culture um, with professionalism, how you, you know, structure your programming, all, all those things. It's tough. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I think it definitely is. I think it's, it's a, it's a big transition, a big innovation process that comes with the new era of like the workforce and whatnot, especially in this industry. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a great point to make. And let me ask you this, Joe, what would be the, the maximum capacity, right? Like, well, how much could you hypothetically handle if traffic was never a concern when you could hit that max number of clients? What would that number look like for you guys? Oh man. I mean, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. I mean, if I had if I had four or five star trainers, I like to call them stars, you know, the coaches that can do it all from, a, you know, emotional IQ to uh, programming IQ, et cetera. I mean, I think we could max them out in terms of as many as they would like, because what we've always faced for challenges over this last year or so is, you know, they come in, they get started that we've, you know, we, we get them up to a certain capacity and that's where they are. And, and it's, it's, it's tough to have to, um, fill the new demand, fill the new demand. So it's hard to say an arbitrary number of what could we handle, but a substantial amount more, but that goes along with, you know, our space isn't enormous. We have a 2,700 square foot space 
And we offer classes in one room. We offer personal training in the other room. And when, when classes are not being conducted, we use both spaces. So there's some um, juggling with time constraints there too. So um, obviously if we had a bigger space, we'd be able to adhere to more numbers as well. But then that, that, then you walk that fine line of overhead and profit and cash flow and where you want to be more bigger, bigger is not always better in terms of how we run our business. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that's, that's for a lot of gym owners that should realize that too, that bigger is not always better. That's such a great point. I think I just spoke to somebody about that yesterday. So a good point there, Joe. And I want to take a step back from clients, right? And let's, let's go to the process prior, right? So if I walked in and I was interested, right? I, I came in off of word of mouth and I was like, hey, I'm thinking about joining. Walk me through that client journey, right? From the sale to the acquisition, to actually becoming a client, what would that look like for, for Dynamics Fitness? Yeah, so if you walked in off the street, oftentimes you're going to communicate with one of the coaches there, whether it's myself or one of the other coaches, and they're going to take down your information because they're likely going to be with a the client themselves. Yeah. So then they're going to follow, follow up with you, uh, talk a little bit about your um, current exercise history, uh, your, your goals, um, and what you're looking to get out of the, you know, um, your experience with our facility. And then it comes back to myself or um, our, our manager of Scarborough. And then we try to identify with their scheduling needs, what's uh, who's, who's going to be a nice fit for them as a coach who can accommodate uh, the previous um, topics that we just discussed. So then we get them in the door and then we have a nice uh, consultation appointment where we discuss um, several different factors and just try to build some sort of rapport. And um, we'll take them through, um, a brief assessment, like a functional movement screen where, where we just try to get a baseline of how they move. And then we'll take them through a little bit of a workout as well, because we like to usually get people sweating on the first day and not just make it all about the con consultation because, you know, your product sells itself. So if you get people moving, you get people, you know, um, feeling good, sweating, and just show them a little bit about what your offerings, you know, are and, um, get those endorphins flowing. Oftentimes we find that's the best way to um, get things heading in the right direction for future transactions or um, some sort of long-term commitment, but we let it kind of organically develop from that first session and not try to force it. You know, we don't really try to shove anything down our customers uh, throats in terms of like, you know, um, buy this many sessions and you get this many sessions half off. We, we really don't offer any of those deals. We let the product kind of speak for itself and truly just try to listen to what the customer is looking for and over deliver on those areas. And oftentimes good things happen. And, and that's, that's where it oftentimes starts and continues the, continues the journey. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I think, I think not being because you guys right car salesman right you're not being pushy you're, you're letting the value come from your servers and from what you provide versus just trying to get the profit right and i, I love what you mentioned way earlier on in, in the podcast where you just mentioned you're in it to help people change people's lives and that's the biggest thing that's what's going to differentiate you from any other gym owner who's there for profit you're you're they people can feel that it's genuine mm -hmm. so i think that's a great point there joe and let me ask you this, man. <laughs> so do you do all the selling yourself or, or is it whoever's available? Um, it kind of depends. You know, my, my Scarborough manager, I have full confidence in, and she's like a, just a wonderful reflection of our business. In fact, 
you know, all of our trainers are. But what happens is when you get email inquiries, because a lot of times people in our area will find out about, oh, hey, you know, fortunately, we, we've been voted best gym in, in the city like five, six times out of the last like, you know, five, six years. And we always, we've been named best trainer, you know, trainers, et cetera, with all these little awards, which I don't put a lot of weight into, but unfortunately I think people do. And <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's worked to our advantage. So therefore it's a positive word of mouth form of advertising and people, um, you know, they, they have some type of aha moment and, and they want to get in shape. And so they hear about this place called dynamics and then they inquire and then it comes through our inbox. And then that, that comes to me directly or the Scarborough manager. And then we facilitate it to trainers from there. Besides the emails, the phone calls come through quite often as well. Now those go to myself and, and our Scarborough manager. And that. so th- those two things are how we um, f- figure out how we're going to, you know, um, send off clients to the right coaches. Gotcha. Yeah, that's a good. I think I think to even take it except before the whole process of selling, you do such a good job with your hiring. I think that you know exactly what avatar to put with who, right? So, say you have a trainer, James. You know, James will work really well with men who are in the working class. Da, 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 da. And then you know, Deborah is working really well with women. I said that's awesome. That you can distinguish that already. I mean, it shows the culture of your gym and what you guys are, are about as a gym and the culture you bring as the owner and as the leader. I mean, geez, honestly, Joe, I got to come over there and pay you a visit, man. Check out the facility because I know it's no joke. <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. So, and I like to do this part here before we get to the, the last piece of, of, of the podcast. I'm going to kind of turn the tables and let you do a little self-reflecting here. And um, I'll put you in the seat and interview yourself almost. So the question is, uh, there's about five pillars of business that we typically use uh, in all business, but in, in the gym or fitness industry, there's typically three that we use more often than any, uh, which is going to be your lead uh, generation, right? Which is your marketing, right? Your lead acquisition, which is your sales, and then your retention and ascension, which is keeping your clients and you know getting them to spend more money with you throughout the process. Um, of those three, where do you feel like you can improve the most? Lead acquisition, probably, you know, um, we've never really done a whole lot of like um, marketing to attain new customers, but um, that's because I'm grateful that we really haven't had to. Um, But if, if that day comes that, you know, obviously we would want to have strategies for that. And uh, you know, those are always things that we can certainly improve upon. Of course. And I think that that's, I mean, again, being professional gym owner, professional trainer, you're not supposed to be a professional marketer or anything in those regards. So I think um, it's totally okay to, to not have that aspect throughout that journey. Because, I mean, again, if you're still open after COVID, I mean, you're doing better than a lot of other facilities. Yeah, very. So, yeah, 100%. So, uh, and on the topic of retention here, now, how do you guys go about tracking the members and how long they've stayed with you or if they're their contractor, if you have no contracts and when they're leaving or coming in? How do you guys go about tracking things like that? Not great. I mean, trust, <laughs> it's not always the greatest strategy, but you know, we, it's not like we have a ton of, um, a ton of coaches. Uh, we, myself and our manager, we both have a good eye on who we've provided to our coaches so we can see how that process is shaping out. So we're constantly checking in like, Hey, how's, how are things going with so-and-so that we sent over your way last week? And, um, just, just constantly providing communication between the two of the, between 
um, myself and the coach with um, where they're at with their hours, where they're at with the clients that have been provided to them. Um, and that leads us into where would you like to be? And obviously that's a whole nother subject, but those are things we do check in with them because we like to have um, incentives for the, for this, for the trainers to work towards so they can obviously get close to their ideal schedule. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I think, I mean, regardless of, of how you track, I think as long as there is that communication and you're not blind about it, mm-hmm. I think that's great. I think there's still something because a lot of people, they'll, they'll have a sign in sheet, throw it away at the end of the day and never have any tracking at all. So um, I still think that communication is major. Yeah. I, I will back it up and say coaches, trainers, submit sheets bi-weekly with however many sessions they had. Um, and we have an accountant, we have a bookkeeper, those things are all monitored. Um, so that if there's ever any mistakes in our favor, in their favor, they're always, um, addressed. So we, we do monitor them that way. Yeah. Which is great. And I, again, I, as a leader, I can see just from here that you, you know, your stuff, you're on top of your stuff. And regardless of if you had any system or no system, you would know just by the top of mind, like, Yep, that person's been here for three months. <laughs> so, you're there all day, every day. You you yeah. acquire some of those skills. Exactly. It's like you know it better than the back of your head. I love it. I love it. So, and last two questions for you here, Joe. Now, what would you say is the overarching goal or the bigger picture uh, for Dynamics Fitness? Like, what would you say down the road you would want to create with it? Honestly, it, my dreams have came true. I hate to sound cliche. I mean, everything that I've ever like worked for has gone above and beyond. I never envisioned our company being as big as it is in terms of the amount of people that come to our facilities and have been coming to our facilities for almost since the, since day one. I mean, there are a ton of people that have been coming to Dynamics for 12 and a half years. They wear our, our, our apparel proud to classes, the training. I see it around town. It's a small world, but... Um, you know, I'm very content with where I'm at. The fact that we've been able to withstand COVID and, and, and um, push past it. And now we're getting back to almost where we were in 2019. I'm, I'm very happy. Like I said before, more and bigger and bigger is not always better in this business. Like my, my philosophy was always to, you know, start small and methodically grow over time and stay debt free. And those are the principles that allowed me to withstand the tough times of COVID. Um, so going forward, I'm happy where we are. Maybe one day, um, I'm always looking for real estate to potentially expand our Portland location. Um, but it has to make sense from a number standpoint, because even though I love changing people's lives and that's why I, I do it every day, all day, and, and have sacrificed a lot for it, you still have to uh, have a profit and make a business out of it. And if you don't, then you're not going to be one of the gyms that survives. Uh, you're not going to be able to, totally. you're not going to be able to withstand tough times. I mean, if I wasn't financial, financially like conservative and and um, you know saving my money. I mean, money is not everything by any means, but it does create a safety nest for tough times, and that's what allowed me to withstand the tough times of COVID and be able to take care of um, my coaches when they weren't taking on any clients for the three months that we were completely virtual and et cetera. So, you know, there's a, to go back to where we might be, maybe one day I'll, I'll, I'll expand and condense both locations into, into one. I thought about that. Um, Ooh, wow. Running two locations doesn't always mean more money. 
I mean, it's, it's certainly a profitable situation, but I mean, you can, you can make money in a lot of ways. And sometimes it's nice to be all in one and like one big family. Cause I, I enjoy my team over there a ton. I enjoy my team in Portland a ton, but uh, it's, it's hard to be in two places at once. And um, my model is not just to open up a ton, a ton of places because I just, one, I can only be in so many places at once and it's hard to uh, maintain quality when you just open up so many. Sure. Yeah. So true. I think, I think I so many things to mention there that I think were major, especially the part with, you know, thinking that just having two locations automatically means more profit, but I mean, you know, there's more overhead, more expenses and, and one can be more profitable than the other. And then one can be paying for the other at that point. So you could be even doing less what you're doing with one location. So I think that's great there, Joe. It's, it's such a big eye opener there for a lot of gym owners. And let me ask you this, right? If you could go back, this is, again, I want to say, we had one guy last week who we asked him this question and he walked out for 10 minutes and came back in to answer. So <laughs> take your time on it, right? So uh, if you could go back in time to when you, right before you were going to open your first gym, right? And if you could tell yourself one piece of advice, what would you tell that Joe opening it up? Um, I mean, right off the top of my head comes, don't be afraid to say no. I think when you're trying to build your business, you say yes to everybody. You try to do too much. And just, it's so important to just stay in your lane and know what you know, stay true to what you know. And if you don't know something, be resourceful with other people. I think I've done a really good job of that, but it take, it's taken me time to improve upon it. And obviously when you're younger, you're, you're a little bit more desperate. You're trying to just find whatever you can to gain momentum and um, you just, it can be a recipe for burnout. And I've certainly walked that line many times. So I think no is a powerful tool because you have to be able to play for the long game. And that's it. That's, that's everything. I think when you start having some success, it oftentimes makes you want to try to do more things, but that doesn't always mean that it's going to translate to more money or the quality is going to be there. Like, it's just hard to know how to do it all. Like we don't do spinning. We don't do yoga. We don't do a bunch of other stuff. You know, we stay within the, what we know with fitness because we study the hell out of it and we get a lot of reps to figure out if we make mistakes, we can improve upon those things. And that's just, that's just part of um, the, the journey of improvement. And, and that's just uh, what's worked for us. And yeah. So learning how to say no, I think is a very important tool. Yeah. And that's awesome, Joe. Look, I mean, I wish I had more time to keep chatting. I, honestly, man, I think you've been a, a great guest, but I think it's a pretty good point to wrap things up on this episode. But before we sign out here, Joe, uh, please shout out your website, Instagram, Facebook, whatever you got, Joe. Sure. Yeah. I'm the, I'm the worst marketing person ever. I mean, I stay in my own little bubble. <laughs> it's worked for me in my career. But dynamicsfitness.com is our website. Um, at Dynamics Fitness for social media, for for Facebook and Instagram. You can find a lot of day-to-day content of what goes on at the studios and uh, get to know some of the trainers and the, the what's happening type information. Yeah, totally, Joe. Look, we absolutely appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast and look forward to seeing what you can accomplish down the road. Uh, and to everyone who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit that like and subscribe button. And if you're interested in joining us, talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very shortly. And as always, till next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. 
But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. Welcome back, guys, to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we dive in the trenches with gym owners. We talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly sides of the business of fitness. I'm your host, Austin Montero. Today, we're joined by Matt. Greta Daria, I think I got that right. CrossFit 1620, Plymouth, Mass. What's going on, Matt? Hey, Austin. Uh, good, man. Yeah, you did get the name right. It's always uh, it's a challenge for people saying it the first time. Doing real good. Super excited to be here. Uh, looking forward to the conversation. Yeah, man. Me, uh, me as well. Love it. Love talking to fellow CrossFit gym owners. And I'm glad I didn't butcher the last name too bad. No. Um, you know, so uh, let's get into it, man. So CrossFit 1620, you're in Plymouth, Mass. Yeah. Uh, you know, a couple hours north of where I am. So you know, let's just start with with your why, you know, like, like, like Simon Sinek's book, start with why. So why did you decide to start CrossFit 1620? Kind of what led you down that path? Yeah. So I started CrossFit about eight years ago with my wife and it just was one of those things. I've always been in sports, uh, you know, traditional football, baseball, just the stuff you, you do growing up. And CrossFit really gave me that challenge that I didn't have as I got older, you know, out of sports. So it was that every day kind of pushing me back to what I was used to the competition really amongst myself. And so I just started looking into it. The gym I was at, I tried to, to buy that gym because I was, you know, I liked the approach the owner had. Uh, my wife and I really just wanted to get into it and it didn't work out. So we said, you know what, let's go do our own. I had a couple guys that uh, ran sort of the CrossFit side of it, the, you know, brought the uh, the knowledge and we brought the finances and it, it worked out. So six years later, here we are, we found a good spot um, right where there's a lot of growth. So we got some, you know, some people coming in. We're not really, I mean, everybody's miles within a gym these days, but uh, we're in a good spot. So it's, uh, it's worked out really well. It's been a lot of fun going on six years. Yeah, man. That's awesome. That's awesome. And um, you know, I think, you know, the locations we pick are super important to our success. So just talk to us about your, the location you pick, the physical location, the brick and mortar, why you chose that kind of what the, what the setup looks like and all that good stuff. Yeah, it was interesting. I mean, um, where I live, I live on the Cape, Cape Cod. So it's like right over the bridge, going towards Boston. It's ironic. A lot of people don't go over the bridge. They think they're flying to Europe or something, but for me, it was right over the bridge first exit. Um, and there was just some new construction going in for some, some nice steel buildings, perfect size. We needed, we got into one that was smaller first and then he was building the second one. So we were kind of able to build it out the way we want, but the mindset was we were far enough South from the, the gyms in North Plymouth. Right. Um, and then far enough away from the ones that were on the Cape. So we were kind of in that good middle zone. Real, real quick access right off the highway. Um, so it, it just worked out. Perfect location, perfect setup, you know, showers, everything that we really needed. So it was good coming from the ground up. And the, the landlord's an amazing guy. So it just, it just everything kind of came together. Yeah, and that's huge. That landlord situation can, like, make or break us, you know. So it's, it's, it's awesome to have a, a good yeah, landlord. For Pretty sure. A good situation for success, you know, really set us up that way. So yeah, yeah. Um, where in the Cape do you live, Matt? I live right in Sandwich, so I'm right over the bridge because I, I I travel a lot, so it's yep. for me it's you know right over the bridge. So when I come home from Logan late at night or something like that, it's right there. I'm not I don't have to drive that far, so um, it's good. And my, we're like seven minutes from the gym, so it's yeah. super quick and easy to get there. Perfect setup, man. So yeah. owning a CrossFit gym, like I told you, I, I came from from that uh, 
background as well. What excites you the most about owning this gym and it kind of gets you out of bed every day? Is there one or two things that kind of really something that really yeah, excites you to, excites you to do this? Yeah, again? yeah. It's it's it's. I think you mentioned it earlier on here when we were talking. It's it's getting people better every day, pushing people, yeah. you know, people call all the time and it's like, I can't do that. Those are things I can't do. And it's, you know, it's like, they're seeing the athletes on TV and right. you, you can do everything we're throwing at you. And it's getting people to understand it's more mental than physical. And once they get through that and you can see them really kind of embrace the process, if you will, and what we're trying to do, it, it's amazing. So it transforms them, you know, physically, mentally, um, it's just that being able to give back to folks, you know, there's folks sometimes can't afford it. We just want her to be there and be better. Right. Um, and, and, you know, just, it's just good for everybody. Just good people. They become a family. You know, everybody jokes, it's a cult, it's a tribe. I got to tell you, I got some of my best friends just from opening the gym and meeting them. So it's, it's phenomenal. I love it. hundred percent. Yeah. It reminds me of like, uh, you know, my gym, same thing. Couples met, got married, had kids. People met, started businesses. People met their yep. best friend, and they're still. Yep. I still have these relationships now from 2009 till today, which is which is awesome. Yeah, it's yeah. Unique to what we do, right? Like, there's not many businesses where, or even gyms where that is a thing. So, yes, there's something awesome about the. Uh, like you well, said, you're seeing, I'm seeing the same people almost, you know, every day of the week, six days right. a week, right? So you get to know their family. You, you yeah. don't pry, but people share, and they realize that. Other members in the gym are either going through the same thing you might be going through or somebody else. So you're kind of connecting like-minded folks. And it, it's just, it's, it's just a good outlet for everybody to have a place to go, have the best hour of their day, as, as we, you know, try to say, Pat Sherwood once said, and then just go home and you got regular life to live with. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. Hit the nail on the head. I, I agree totally. So um, I'm always a big uh, believer that every gym, not believer, but, every gym has a different culture, especially in this CrossFit space. You know, I used to compare yeah. our local ones to like where we were to like, everyone seemed to be like almost like a different kind of high school. You know what I'm saying? And I go like a click. Oh, and yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good or bad. But if you get to describe like the culture of your gym, what you've created, what you want it to be, what is that culture that you guys have there at CrossFit 1620? Yeah, it's a great, I mean, it's, I don't want to call it a safe space, but it's like a fun space. It's just like it's yeah. the, the adult playground right? The old Michael Scott one, that whole office episode, it's yeah. people just come in and they let the guard down. They can be who they are. We talk. There's, there's no, there's no agendas. There's no egos. You know, we've gone through the phases as I think every gym does where you get a group of people that it almost becomes a little clicky. And ironically, it's probably always the 5 a.m. because they're a different crop of people anyways. Yeah. Um, but the beauty is they kind of weed themselves out just based right. on what we are. Um, you just, I think it leads from, from myself and my wife, we just go in every day as who we are, yeah. right? Like you, 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 I'll tell you about my kids. I'll tell you about my life. People know what's going on. I don't overshare, but we're just an open book, man. We're here to, it's their gym that we just are able to afford and keep running, you know? So, and I, and, and it's amazing to see, and we'll talk probably I'm sure a little bit about the COVID time, yeah. people just wanting to pay me to stay open and make sure the gym will still be there. It, unbelievable. blows my mind that that, that happens. So but every day we, we check ourselves and make sure we're doing the right thing for people. Yeah. It's right. Yeah. So it's an amazing community. You know, like uh, you just said, like, you know, they want to pay you when, when you have to close the, if you ever move the gym, they'll be there to drag that flooring Absolutely. Yeah. Small truck, which is like, it always blew my mind. I was like, this yeah. isn't, yeah. I want to help my best. I want to help my best friend do that, but I'll help. Like, a, yeah, it's weird. Right. It's a crazy thing. But no, yeah. I think you nail on the head, Matt, with like, I always thought it, 
leads from the from the top from the leadership of the gym that filters down and it kind of sets the tone for what the yeah. uh, and vibe and energy is of that particular crossfit because they all we all are a little bit different you know i know it's the same but there is some different vibes to it so well and i can tell you there's there i mean you know we've all been to other gyms and stuff and it yeah. it, 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 it portrays itself in the gym depending on who that personality is right so 100 um so it, it, it is critical. And, you know, my wife and I have regular everyday jobs. So it's, we know how to work in the business world, if you will. And we're just, again, everybody's got kids. We've got our own problems every day and it's, we yeah. just bring it and have fun. Yeah. I love it. It's great, man. It's great. So uh, beautiful. I appreciate you sharing that part of the business. So like, like yeah. why it all starts with why, right? So now let's get into like the, the business operations side, you know, what the lifeblood of the business, what keeps this thing going. Let's just start easy services you offer there at CrossFit, <laughs> CrossFit 1620, Matt. So we started the, you know, the traditional CrossFit model, right? Elements to get people in or, you know, members who already know what they're doing, come on in, join the class. Um, you know, over time, we've tried to add different things. Just for me, it's trying to find revenue streams, right? Because you, yeah. you get your members, it's the price is the price. And, you, you know, people don't realize all the overhead expenses, the coaches and all that sort of stuff. It's sort of a static model, if you will, that you got to have members to pay the bills. So we tried a couple different things. I bought some baseball nets, you know, got Plymouth Little League trying to get more grain in the community. Uh, we were fortunate to get some extra space with some turf and then COVID hit. Um, again, just trying to bring in incremental revenue, run incremental programs. Um, but today we've continued to evolve. Uh, we offer a few more, you know, we offer boxing. I got an MMA fighter that a pro fighter that is in the gym. People love them. So we started a boxing class. Um we're offering some boot camps now, women only, because people are afraid to try CrossFit sometimes, right? Some women, so we do that. So little by little, um, one of the biggest things we just did, and it came out of, uh, I don't know if you're familiar now, and I don't know what, you know, how they do those affiliate meetings now. Yeah, yeah. I had uh, one of my coaches, my head coach, go, and one of the things, one of the gyms there was saying they bought a 3D body scanner. Sure, yeah. yeah. So, I, so I said, hey, let's give that a shot. So I bought one first of the year. Now we, I've always wanted to offer that full kind of circle you work out we have an athletic trainer there we now have this 3d scanner we have a massage therapist that kind of uses this so it's kind of like you get yourself beat up in the gym and then you kind of so now this 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 3d scanner has actually been a good revenue source for us Um, so it becomes more holistic right not like the old garage crossfit gym bang up the walls it's all dirty it's yeah i mean we are right you do that but then there's the other option so if people want to be a part of it they can but it's more to get the goal is to get more eyes on the space and hopefully you grab a member or two. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I agree. Looking, always looking for more revenue streams and services is, you know, an important thing to do, but for you, that bread and butter is still that group training CrossFit class. Yeah. That, that pays the bills. That, that for sure is the, it's the workhorse, right? Yeah. The rest is just, is the hope to kind of push to that next level of, Sure. Just more money, right? And and my wife and I were fortunate. We don't. We've never taken money out of it. We always, you know, we'll take our coaches to dinner. We buy new equipment. Um, we let kind of our members tell us what they think we need. Um, and when we moved over to Mayhem Programming during COVID, you know that programming is phenomenal, and it's it requires some additional equipment. So we've made some investments in sandbags, machinery, yeah. all that sort of stuff. But it, it's paid off, you know, and that's what it takes to to do it. So yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm glad you brought that up. The program, programming piece of CrossFit is obviously a big part of the gym. You know, oh, yeah. Members are, especially once people are in the gym. And um, it's funny, I just I just had a buddy, he owns 
I'll say it. He owns Carlson Norwalk here in Connecticut. Yeah. He just put up this Mike Sabato. You may know him. He just he just put up this huge mural in the gym just today of Rich Froning. So he brought up mayhem there. Oh, he... A massively painted mural. He has Froning. He has Hulk Hogan. He has. Oh, that's fine. Uh, Schwarzenegger, yeah, maybe Muhammad Ali up on there. So it's really cool, like you know, nicely done murals on the back wall. What did you? What did, what did you? Did you write your own programming? What did you do? Yeah, so I did. Yeah, so I, yeah, I did. Uh, I, I personally like doing that part of it, you know. Um, yeah. And back in that time, there wasn't really. Yeah, no that's true. Actually, yeah. so in 2009, that didn't exist. You know, there was the main page, uh, and then you know, your kind of neighbor there across from New England's Ben started doing uh, yeah. programming. We dabbled that a little bit. I found his workouts to be extremely hard, and for the regular yeah. member, yeah, much. But yeah, I, I did. Uh, I did all the program for about a decade. Uh, you know, mostly. But um, no, I think there's definitely some benefit to outsourcing that. You know, and uh, it just depends on what you want to focus on. You know, mayhem is great. You're not going to get a better program than from from. Yeah. Nova. So we we've 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 dabbled too. The first couple of years, we wrote it ourselves. Then we yeah. went to Lynchpin. Yeah. And then. I just, uh, yeah, I got a lot of younger coaches and they're like, we got mayhem is the best. And I, you can't question it. And I got to tell you, it's my members understand it. Like they're not just coming in. They understand because we explain to them the whole process of why we're doing what we're doing um, versus just, we feel we need to do a push pull and a cardio kind of thing. And you're writing your own programming. Right. So it's been amazing to see the progress because if you don't do a movement for a while, but then you come back and do it and they're stronger there, it's like, why is that? Right. And it's because of everything else of course, yeah. that's been put into it. Now, they do love using the bike. I can tell you that right now. And people are almost tired of the assault bike. But it's uh, it's yeah, good. Right. I mean, we love it. I love it. And it's worth the money for sure. 100% worth the money. Yeah, no, it's great. And I know they have a lot of different tracks, which is huge. You know, different <laughs> programs. But, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, it takes away. Like, I, if I showed you my program in 2009, you would look at it and be like, what the hell? Everything yeah. had like a everything had like a one mile run at the end. It's like I do this, do this. Yeah, yeah. Do this, you had to have it in there, right? That was it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, yeah. uh, you learn and you grow and you get better at it. But yeah, it's awesome uh, to, to outsource it to somebody like that is is terrific. So yeah, it's been good. So, uh, Matt, so now like you know, I always feel like as a business, we have to we have to tell a story in like our messaging and our brand and our marketing. So like, uh, you know, the story we tell kind of gets people in the door. So what is like your marketing philosophy and how you've gotten new faces to come uh, into 1620, even just for like trials to get, to get. Yeah, started. that's a great question. It's, it's more of the, it, the, you know, the initial conversations if people aren't familiar with CrossFit, it's to reduce the barrier of, right. You know, you know not everybody is, is a, a, a pro football lineman, right? Like you're coming in, you're who you are, you have everyday life. So I try to give that ease of people to be like, listen, 90% of my members, 95 are, are me, right? I'm a guy, I got three kids, I got a job, I got to do what I got to do. Um, and it's really getting people over that scared hump of, hey, uh, I can't do this. And it's like, no, you can. We got people around you. We can put we can put a mentor, if you will, as a member to kind of work with you to get you over the top. My wife will sometimes work with some folks, even if we have to kind of bring them in off hours. Yeah. Um, but for us, it is, it's all about, you're finding a place that you can come in. Nobody's going to judge you. You know, you joke with the whole, uh, that other gym, we won't say their name, but it's like, you know, it's a no judgment zone kind of thing, but we don't like you can come in. Nobody's watching you to say, Oh, you're not doing the weight. Like, you know, cause a lot of people, that's the concern. Just say, Hey, come in and try a class. Yep. See what you think. Just watch a class, check it out. And people come in and then our members, the amazing thing will like, 
they just embrace anybody that comes in and they'll work with them to make them feel as comfortable as possible. Like, Hey, you got this, somebody's here. Right. And it's cause they know they've been through it themselves. Like you walk in that door, if you've never heard of CrossFit, you're like, what, what am I walking into? You used to going into a global gym where I'm just going to go get on the treadmill. Nobody's going to see me. I'm going to watch the news. Yeah. It's a whole different world. Right. So, um, it really depends on the person, but ours, it's really just what, what you're seeing with me is what you get with a member. Like sometimes my wife will tell me, Matt, you're, 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 you're being too, too jokey, too fun, but it's like, this is what I am. You know what I mean? So, um, so it, it's worked. And then they tell their friends and they come in and they see that environment. They see the, the, you know, everybody's working together, pushing each other in the right way, the positivity, the integrity, all that sort of stuff. So, um, it's, it's all a package, right. And your members are your biggest marketing tool. Um, if they like you, they bring in more, I got people bringing in three, four, five people of friends and, you know, it's, it's fantastic. And I love it. Yeah. It's, they're doing the work for us really. Definitely a great uh, part of the CrossFit, um, community is, uh, you know, word of mouth marketing is obviously a good thing. You know, I don't find it to be the most predictable path to girls, especially from being in the gym and now being out of it, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I feel like for me, that was an opportunity maybe missed a little bit. Um, two questions. What, what, what could you have done though? Like what did, what did, how did you do it? And what, cause that's always the question, right? Yeah. CrossFit, so, what, yeah so we, like we opened in 20, 2009. So like first CrossFit only CrossFit was like an hour. So it was organic. It yeah, was, yeah, yeah. People just showed up, man. It was, it should not have worked. And I, was, I started the gym with $23,000 <laughs> should not have worked. Grew from no no members to like 250 members, 9,000 square foot, grade A commercial space. Should never have worked. It was a ton of right. it was a ton of word of mouth. It was a ton of social media. We got really heavy into that in my latter stage, in the last half of the gym ownership. Pushed that really hard. Um, so the reason I bring that up is just like, have you guys gone down that digital marketing path route, um, paid advertising, Facebook, Instagram? Google. You know, but, I mean, we do a little bit like we just, and we recently just ran our first competition on Saturday. Okay. We used, you know, we, we promoted that more, right. Cause we were trying yeah. to get beyond sort of the local. Yeah. Um, and we've done it a couple of times, but it, you know, it's, it, it blows my mind the, the importance of Instagram and all that stuff because yeah. I got younger members, younger coaches and they feed off of that. You got to post stuff and you got to do things. And that really does bring people in. I mean, they're, you know, you get somebody to follow you, they see it and then they come in and try it. It, it blows my mind because without social media, what do you do? Yeah. I mean, you can go to radio, I can do that stuff. But um, one of the, we just, I try to be more involved in the community. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like the schools, we do a thing with them. They want to do like a fitness day. We'll show up, right? They know who we are. I don't know if I get members from it, but they realize that we're just a good, uh, you know, a good company in the, or a good business in the in the in the, in the uh, community, right? right? That's all we're trying to do. So, um, but yeah, it, I mean, it's social media, really, for us. There's really not a whole lot more than that, and try just trying to do different things. Yeah, it's the main thing, and it's like nowadays we can directly target, you know, like the demographic we want within like a. You know, yeah. seven mile radius, which is the sweet spot and like the age group and the income levels. And, you know, it just, there is a, a logarithm there and a, and a skill to it. Like, like doing a snatch, same idea, direct, direct marketing. Same, yeah. Yeah. Same thing yeah. yeah. With, uh, you know, there's always uh, something new to learn there in that regard, but uh, awesome. Cool. So yeah, community is great. Big, big part of it. Being able to use our members, not use our members, but 
our members become great marketers for us. Awesome. Matt, have you used any like initial offers? Have you ever done like uh, as a bring a friend day or a, a week? Yeah, yeah, we've uh, yeah, we did we did dabble in that. So we you know we played the whole uh, you know January. Everybody wants to get fit. Yeah, yeah. Sign up for a, a month for two you know twenty dollars and nineteen cents. Twenty dollars and eighteen cents. You played off the year. Um, it worked out early on. We got probably, you know, we might've had a 15 class elements group, like just start, you know, people getting into it. Cause for 20 bucks, if you didn't like it, yep. the hell is 20 bucks, right? You waste that on coffee every day. Most people do. So, um, we got away from that. We then tried like a member, uh, incentive. You bring somebody in, we'll give, give you a month for free. Um, you know, it's hard to track that because the member that, bring, that you bring in, do they stay three months? You know, you want to. So we've tried a bunch of different things. We've, we've done bring a friend days, but I'm more of now, like people will just call me directly, yeah. ask me directly in the gym. Cause we're very visible in the gym. Like, Hey, can I bring a friend by? Absolutely. Let yeah. the coach know the coach and it go, can go back to mayhem. If you want the, the amount of options that they give us that we can scale. So they get the stimulus and not hurt, get hurt or something. So that's work. Bring a friend and let them try. You got somebody who you're comfortable with to help you out, help you through the community. Then everybody just kind of engages but I don't want to say they're gimmicks. And again, we're not in a city, right? So we're in a, like a, a community where some of that stuff doesn't work. Yeah. Um, but we've tried it and it just, it's, it's, we've just stuck with the model of just keep going the way the word of mouth. And, you know, sure. it's more younger people now telling their friends where it's, it's been really good lately, which has been, we've That's been awesome. grateful for. It's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So um, when that new member, Matt does come in, what is that process like? We'll say like the intake process for that new person. Yeah. And say, I say, I give you a call or which I don't know if people call anymore. We had this rule. Don't pick Some up do phone. actually. Yeah. I took a, I, the only number that's out there now is me. We used a, like a, 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 I think it was Vonage, the computer one. Yeah. yeah. It was such a headache. I'm like, just call me directly. I can't even, it's, you know. I mean, yeah. Back in the day we had this, I think there was this unspoken cross of rule where we don't pick up the phone. And I think that was yeah. a real thing. It was, <laughs> it's just the dumbest thing ever, but it was, it was a real thing. So uh, crazy. That's but, um, somebody does reach out to you like, hey, I want to get started, Matt. What is that process like from getting them, you know, in the door to getting them into like the group, the group uh, training model? Yeah. So uh, typically what we have them do again, if they want to come check it out, they come down. I talk with them there. Um, I've learned over time to do this the right way is we have them go out online or if I'll go out online with them, um, sign up right for elements that then feeds to our um you know, info across with 1620, our, our, our email. And then from there, my wife takes over. And that obviously has saved the day. Cause if I try to be in the middle, they come to me, I go to her, it ends up being messed up. So what she then does, she brings them in. She makes sure everything's set up in the system. She coordinates with them to say, Hey, when's good for you to come in and do your elements with a coach coordinates with a coach. It runs smooth. Coaches go through the elements typically takes three classes. We do the standard, you know, CrossFit lifts, Olympic lifts and stuff. Coaches sign off. You're good to go. Wife checks in and says, Hey, what do you guys, what's your membership? One unlimited 12 times a month, whatever. And then uh, they just kind of flow in. Typically if they're brand new to it, we'll cut the workout in half, make sure we scale things way back. So they just kind of ease into it. Um, And the way we say, and then they're off to the general population, right? You've made your way through. And then, and then that's where usually our members kick in and just start embracing yeah. Right. And help people push through. And it's been amazing. But we've we've had to learn that over time. It's, we've just kind of cut out some middle things, let my wife handle it. Coaches are 
ready to help out whenever. We try the whole elements is on Tuesday nights and Thursday nights at a certain time. And dude, that doesn't work. People's lives get in the way. You can't, yeah, you know like, what I mean? It's like, we just make it work. It is what it is. So yeah, I was going to ask you if you tried it any other ways. Cause I, I remember trying it every way possible, seeing what works best, what doesn't. If they yeah. start PT or they're starting a group class and then that group class becomes just its own class. So yeah. yeah. I don't think there's a better way than others. It just sort of works for you in your particular spot, you know? Yeah. And again, if somebody's like sketchy or nervous, they don't like a bigger class, we'll kind of guide them to maybe, or, you know, my wife or I'll kind of hang with them or a coach or something like that. But it's uh, the formula has been working. And again, you get them in as long as you ease them in and don't, you kind of make fun of it. Like, Oh, you're going to come out of here all banged up. Right. But it's, they realize the fun they're having when they get out of there that they don't even realize they just worked out and they're going to be sore for a month. Right. So, um, but yeah, we have tried all those different things. This, this seems to be the best. And it, and it's, you know, we, it costs us a little extra money because we're paying a coach specifically just for elements, right. With one person, right. The long-term win though, is they get to know the person, where can they move? What, you know, do they have any injuries? Um, so it's, it's worth the extra, you know, whatever, you know, 35 bucks or whatever coach we're paying. So, Hundred percent. You brought up uh, members are great. They're really open to uh, these new people coming in, which which I think is awesome. Have you ever done anything where like you pair like an OG member, like one of the originals, with a new yeah. person, somebody who's super outgoing, or, like you know, very friendly, welcoming, with that new? Yeah, person? it wasn't like a specific process, but like if there's somebody that comes in that we know might struggle to just yeah. kind of socialize themselves or get involved. Yeah, yeah my wife and I'll kind of figure out which member would be best and we'll approach the member and say, Hey, this, this guy or gal is starting. Can you just kind of, you know, find your you know partner with them or be that resource for them? Cause it, 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 you know, if they're going to come at the 6am class, we'll pick somebody in that class. So it, it, try to give them a soft landing as best we can. Um, and that works. Cause if and there's some instances we haven't, people haven't lasted. Yeah. It, it, they, a- just, they can't do it. Right. Yeah. It's a great thing. It's, you know, it's intimidating coming to a gym can be intimidating coming to a CrossFit gym. If you've never done it before, you know, like I wrote down here, some notes here earlier, like that's why I brought up the layout of the gym because like I I moved my one gym quite a few times, seven times in like nine years. So like the space that was the best was like, you walked in, you didn't, you didn't walk right into a gym. You walked into kind of a uh, yeah. open area, but you could still see the workout. I bet I had gyms where you walk into the gym, not good. Then I've had gyms where there was two separations where you walk in, there's offices, there's changing rooms, doors, and then you walk into the gym. And that also didn't work as well is the space where it's a big space wide open. You walk in, but you walk into like a little, not, not, you don't yeah. walk into the gym. So, uh, yeah. we'll see it. So there's, I think there's a lot to that, especially in CrossFit. So, um, very cool. So now we talked about, yeah, you know, how you're getting people in the door. Obviously, keeping clients happy and keeping them engaged and keeping them longer is key to success, right? So um, what do you guys do to keep your members engaged? I know you just said you had your first competition this past weekend, which I think is awesome. We did a ton of those. I think there's a lot lot to be said for that. But what else are you doing to keep clients engaged, keep them come back day after day? Yeah, I mean, we we try to continue to offer different things, you know, kind of hear what they have to say. you know, it gets hard because you, you, you try to raise the rate and you'll get kind of feedback, like why are you raising the rate? But it's like, well, I just thought I just brought in a professional boxer and he's teaching you how to box. Right. Kind of thing. Cause for some people, it's just different. It's striking. Um, you know, we've brought, we've done open gyms. 
Uh, we have an open gym now. Um, and then there's one on Sunday. I run those just so it's, you know, I'm, I'm going to be there anyways. Um, so we're constantly trying to offer different things, bring in different things for them, meal services, yeah. um, just to show them that we're continuing to evolve. We're constantly buying new equipment. If they say, hey, you know, I need new bands or I need something, you know, unless it's, you know, we're not going to go out and buy new rowers and stuff or like a, an assault runner every, just for one member. But they just notice that we're constantly reinvesting in the gym, reinvesting in them. Sure. Um, you know, I, whether it keeps them or not, we try to keep the gym as clean as possible. Yeah. We get comments from folks that have never been in a gym that's this clean. But that was always the one thing for me that yeah. you walk into a CrossFit gym, the old school, like you're saying, you might have walked in and you're, you're happy to get the rust on your hands, right? Like, this is freaking awesome. But it's like, for me, it's that's not how we work. But it's really just engaging. We try to do things, you know, uh, uh, challenges every couple months, give away a free X, free massage, free whatever. Little things that, you know, f- for a member goes a long way, yeah. right? It's not a big deal. So it's, but it's, it's really, it's just, it's knowing their name and get, you know, just being engaged with them. And they feel like it's a, they're not like just a, a nobody going in. So um, my goal and my, everybody is to know every single member's names. And when they walk in the door, you greet them as, Hey, what's up, Austin? What's up, John? Whatever it is. Right. And as little as that seems, it goes a long way. Cause they know that you're paying attention. You actually give a shit. Like you said, that's the key thing. So that's, that's the main thing. Give a shit like an authentically. Yeah. I think it's obviously easy, very easy to say it. I think very few people actually do it. So it's cool that cool that you brought that up. And um, yeah, I think all the things you mentioned there, Matt, like adding new equipment, members definitely notice that, you know, um, just always tough. Like, you know, say you want to buy some skier because you got to buy it. You can't just buy one. You got to buy it. And we've gone through that. Yeah. Right. It's yeah, like, I got one. Well, what the hell good is that? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So yeah, you cycle through on like a group day or something. Yeah, it's cardio. Well, when we do that, right? So if like we, you know, we started with the, the minimal equipment, as I'm sure you did. We got like five rowers and stuff, so you can run a you can run a workout if you had to whatever it out. You know, we've got a and I keep looking now. It's like oh my god, because now the space is almost like we got. What do we have? Like 3,500 square feet. It's almost like not that anymore because all the equipment. Right. Yeah. But when we get one you know, you kind of make a big deal of it on Instagram. Like, Hey, look at the new skier. It's part of the stall, right? That, you know, the group or whatever the stable and, and people love it. And then you get them on it and you get them engaged with it and they realize how cool the machine is. So it, it it's again, as small as that is, you have to do it. Right. I think, and that's my favorite car. It's my favorite machine hands down, by the way. Yeah. I agree with you. Now that we have like four of them, it's, it's super yeah. cool. They're awesome. And I have one, I have one in my garage gym at home. It's very cool. So yeah. Brought up, uh, you brought up the rate. So to me, it's always interesting with CrossFit yeah. charge. You brought yeah. up, you know, when you raise prices, you get, you know, some flack and it's part of the deal. We raised prices one time. We were the same rate for like seven years and then did this relatively significant jump uh, just because, you know, we had to. And uh, I thought we offered a great service. How did you decide the rate that you guys are at now, Matt? Yeah. So that was the hardest thing, right? When we were opening up is you don't want to overprice yourself. You don't want to underprice yourself because you got a value, right? right. You got to pay coaches and stuff. Um, so we kind of looked around what other gyms were doing. You know, there's some further North towards Boston that could get more because that's where they are. The community was just higher, right? We knew where we were going. So we settled on a rate of uh, 150, which we thought was good. Um, and that was kind of the going rate. And then we have the first responders, um, 
you know, discount. We have student things and we're always trying to, you know, work to get more students in and stuff. And it got to a point where it's like, you know, we, we have the ability to make more money here. Um, you know, then the decision is, all right, do I take my existing members up or do I go just, I, I, you know, new members? I mean, we battled with this and there was times we just said we can't do it. It's not going to go over well. So we eventually moved up, um, you know, 10 bucks and it, it hasn't affected like new people. We kept the old people the same rate. But it's it's funny you asked this because I've been talking about it lately, and I, one of uh, one of the other gym owners I know actually stopped by the gym the other day to borrow a seventy pound dumbbell for the open qualifiers here, and we started talking about this, and he says he goes Matt, I don't understand it. If we tried to raise it five bucks, we'd get like people would just be like, what are you doing? And then, but you, again, you drive out and you spend five bucks on a coffee every day, but it's like. You know, we continue to offer more services to keep you. And every now and then I'll be candid with some of my members. Like, listen, guys, I'm trying to, you know, just continue to, to yeah. keep offering more. And um, but it's what it's like a taboo, you know, like you just can't. And if you go too high, is somebody going to show up or not? I mean, it's it's a weird thing with CrossFit. And you know, I remember a couple of years ago, there were articles that why is CrossFit so expensive? But when you truly break it down, the cost of the overhead, right, the cost of the coach, it's. 70% of your expenses every year, no matter what. So yeah. Yeah. it's, but if, if, you know, if this, if there's anybody out there looking to open one, right. As much as uh, much, you need to spend time on that pricing. Cause that is, cause once you do it, you're kind of stuck to it, right. You can't be fluctuating every other, every other month, every other week and all that. No, no. Yeah. And there's a, yeah, there's so many ways to approach it. Right. It's like, I think we offer a great service and we're selling coaching and results. We're not selling a membership. So it's like, there's that part to it. Yeah, we, we went from one. We had two options, unlimited and three times a week, which is pretty much you know the norm, right? Yeah. We went from, uh, we were opened in 2009 at 165. And then for unlimited 135 for three days a week. And then 16, I went up to 185 unlimited. And I took everybody there, no grandfather. And oh, was, no kidding. Yeah, so that was a scary couple of days, right? But we had to do it, move to this new facility. And I was like, and like you, man, always investing in equipment, you know, like putting all the money, maybe not, maybe that's not the right move, putting all that money back into the gym. Over because yeah, yeah. yeah. I always wanted to build this terrific facility in grade A and just be the yeah. best, right? So like yeah. grow or die type of mentality. And uh, yeah, I did it. And like cut once, cut deep. And there was honestly not really any any yeah. BS. So it's uh, one of those things I just thought I overthought too much and the end of the day, turn it out not really making you know and it's funny and now you say that i'm just thinking because maybe we are and that's just kind of who my wife my wife and i are is we want to we want it to work for people of course yeah of course but at the same time when we went through covid people wanted to pay us when yeah. we couldn't even offer them a service exactly. we people came to us and said i'll prepay for the year so you have money right so it's you think about it from that perspective that if i i want to go up five or ten dollars what would be the reaction right most people i got people that say i want to pay you i'll pay more or if they've moved down from Boston because they're now remote, they're like, they used to raise price once a year. He goes, but I'll pay it if you have a viable gym. Right. Right. So there is that. I guess I'm so humbled enough in a sense. And I'm just to be like, I can't believe people would do that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just trying to offer you a service. You're paying for me. Yeah. But the key thing is you said it. Uh, my expectation when we opened is I'd have the best coaches on the South, South coast, South shore. Um, and I would say today, my, my not that I hadn't in the past, but you know, coaches come and go, athlete members come and go. Got a great group of folks. They are they are part of the community. Um, you know, firefighters, moms, 
um, somebody McGow's in the Coast Guard, but they're they're critical to the success, right? And we pay them as such, and and that's part of the the thing that we if they want to get um, continued education, we'll pay half. Nice. Um, but we're so focused on those guys being the best that they can be. And, and, and people notice that. So yeah, yeah. Part of success, right? our, our team is massively important. We can't get to that next yeah. level without yeah. these guys and girls behind us. So yeah, uh, I think that's, I think that's so great. You know, having these trainer coach meetings, what, whenever you do it bi-monthly, once a month, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, on, top, on top of the group class and the other classes you have and the Ascension, uh, sorry, the uh, elements program, what other ways, Revenue streams, Ascension services. Do you offer like supplements? You know, you got that front desk area. Yeah. Numbers. So, uh, yeah, I, I used to offer protein and I did pretty well with it. COVID hit and it just kind of died and I tried again and it just, it just kind of died. Yeah. Um, you know, we always had a fridge and we just kind of let people grab it and write on a piece of paper. I think that's the way all CrossFit gym started. And then we go through monthly and charge it. Right. Yeah. Um, and, it's probably sad to admit I never really paid attention to inventory, what went in and what went out. Right. And then when I finally did, it was like, holy smokes. Yeah. Um, you know, we just started doing a lot of thinking over the course of time. Like, how do we cut costs to do certain things, right? What do we got to make more for the buck? So I invested in a vending machine, believe it or not. And uh, it's probably the best thing I could do because now I have a variety of offerings. Um, I keep it full. I got a great distributor for what I need. You know, and I'm, I'm offering kind of drinks people buy outside of the gym yep. at our gym. And I don't use it as a major, like I'm not like a convenience store where I got to make 50% margin or something. And, you know, I work in the beverage industry, so I'm very familiar how all that works. So I make sure I'm just pricing it where I'm making my money back. Uh, members are making money. And then I've, you know, latched on to uh, um, a meal service with a great partner up here, new trade meals. And they've uh, they have a revenue sharing uh, approach. So, you know, it's, it's offering a healthy meal. I love them. We buy them and then I get some money back there. So it's, it's a really good partnership. So you try to find things like that, that, you know, it's, it's a slow dollar, but they add up over time. Right. And, and for me, it really just by even paying attention to it and let, having people pay for it, it was, it was pretty good. Yeah. Um, well, you know, it's funny. I want to say, cause we've tried the, and cause I know every CrossFit gym does this. We've tried the teens and the kids and all that stuff. And, and during COVID, it worked because kids weren't going to school and they needed like a, we called it PE. Yeah. That's the hardest thing to maintain, though. It re- I mean, it really is. And everybody who tries it, I'm like, good luck. Unless you're in a good spot where you've got like a, it's it's just, it's yeah. just super, it's been super hard. So, it, I mean, we, we have one now that's been going on for a good time, but it's not like a strength and conditioning top level athletes kind of thing. Right. right? right. So as much as I'd love that, it's just something we haven't been able to crack. Yeah, I agree. It's a tough, it's a tough nut to crack. We, you know, we never, the biggest people we can serve is that general population, 25 to 55. That's, that's the that's yeah. the sweet spot, right? hundred percent. So. And we do sell, I mean, we sell apparel and at first I was buying shirts and I had inventory and then you start looking, it's like, I'm holding on to seven, $800 in inventory. Right. right. The shirt runs stale. Like you got to keep refreshing it. So now the guy we work with local guy, you can do an online store. So we'll do a store every three or maybe every three months, give it two weeks, pop it, put it up on the TVs in the gym. Yeah. Um, and again, it's just an easy way. You make, you make a few bucks and it's, I don't have to inventory everything. You know what I mean? So um, it's worked out. We've just gotten smarter. I, I, I just, over time, we did sort of the really truly CrossFit model, right? 
yeah, people write on the piece of paper. I mean, you went through this, I'm sure, where it's like we, we just have to evolve to make life easier for everybody. So, yeah. yeah. The life cycle of the business, right? It's definitely growth is a good thing, right? I've got to change things as we go. So with all being said, Matt, what's the uh, big goals here for the next 12 months for CrossFit 1620? What are you looking to accomplish here? Um, we just we keep grabbing new members, but really I, the, the competition we had, I've been wanting to do it for a long time Yeah, and it just didn't work out, you know, regular jobs and stuff. And this one guy that again, is, I'm pretty much letting run the gym. We call him sprinkles cause he's, his name is Jimmy and there was too many Jimmy's in the gym. So one of our old coaches called him sprinkles, which is, it fits him perfectly, but he's got the time and really dug in, like really embraced doing it. And uh, I thought we had an amazing turnout. We kept it to like quarterfinals qualifying athletes. So it wasn't, oh, nice. you know, so we, we can certainly set a name for ourselves. Yeah. So I'd like to do another one of those, maybe an in-house one, maybe a scaled version. Sure. But if you talk 12 months, I, that competition, our goal long-term is to be almost like our East regional um, qualifier, yeah. big goal, huge goal. Yeah. Right. But um, he's got the passion. He's got the desire. Um so that would be the ideal situation. I mean, two years ago, I would have said, let's just hopefully I stay in business for the next year. Right. But I, I really feel the momentum we have right now is to, is to get bigger, be bigger, be more impactful in the community. Um, maybe get back to, you know, if the a, a different uh, class schedule, offer a few more classes just to keep, you know, yeah. sizes. Um, my long-term goal, man, I would love to own my own building do it and we've looked several times but just to get the land is gonna you know i mean do you want to invest a million bucks to just get land and build and be like all right because at the end of the day it's still a crossfit yeah Yeah. so um but i that is that's really it we just keep just keep being we're doing what we're doing you know try to get more members keep members um you know we'll get the summer here with a lot of drop-ins college kids coming back and um, at some point, we might have to expand, but we're being smart about it this time and just kind of leverage the profitability in the space we're in versus just having a space to then fill it. Right. I want to be too big and bulging at the seams to then go, right? You went through it, right, as you kept growing. So, yeah, got to lead with revenue, right? You can't, you don't want to go too big and have to fill that place. That's a lot of pressure and stress. So, with that being said, Matt, is there anything? I know for me, I had a lot of this that like, keeps you up at night regarding the business uh, that worries you that you have your mind on, like, you know, whether it's somebody canceled a membership or a uh, maybe a exchange you had with a client that didn't go the way you wanted it to go or anything like that that keeps you up at night regarding the business. Right now, I'll tell you no, fortunately, but there have been moments, right, where you have things going on in the gym that you just, you know, as much as I say it's fun, I interact with my members, sometimes you have to do it on a on a bad note. Right. Things are happening. It's like, you know, I don't mind you coming to the gym, but at some point you got to pay me. Right. I'm a nice guy to a point. Right. Um, but no, I mean, I mean I'm, I, I'm talking to my my head coach there. Sprinkles probably 10 times a day. We're just kind of shooting the breeze on things and what can we do? And um, so it's really good. We've got a really my wife is super smart financial wise. So we've got a really good we all know our role. Yeah. Right. It's it, it, so it works out well. But. Right now, really don't have anything. It's it's been really good. Like the competition did right because you don't want to fail. You got people coming to your building that we had some guys from Southie and Southie's a great gym. Yeah. Uh, Till you know some of these really well known gyms up here came down to compete. Right. So 
we wanted them to go home and be like, Hey, those guys ran a good show, good gym. And that, so that kept me up, but it, it right now it's, it's all good, man. And I hope it's that, you know, I don't have a problem that I have to go address or, or not be, or be up at night. So right, it's right, been really right. good. And that's great to hear. That's great to hear. I was up many nights. So uh, awesome to hear you guys are doing well. And yeah, I think the competition piece is awesome. Uh, personally, I, I love that too myself. We ran a bunch of comps. So I think it really, when you, when you had it awesome, was that your source of income? Like that was you like running the gym and that was it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll be fully transparent. Yeah. First couple of years, not taking a salary, eventually build to the point, you know, you take a, a good salary for yourself. And you know, there's, there's so many ways to pay yourself as a CrossFit gym owner, as you know. Yeah. Well, so that's, see, that's where my wife and I have the advantage. We have our own professional job. So for us, yeah, kids are older. This was sort of like, yeah, the point of the, the, you know, the cost of entry for CrossFit isn't that expensive, no. right? You said you started it with short money, yeah. even for us within six years ago with all the equipment, if you do it right. Yeah. Um, and we're having fun with it. We keep reinvesting, but we, we both have regular jobs at home, right? So it's right. not like right. COVID, COVID hits and we don't have revenue for four months. And it's like, how am I going to feed myself? Right. right? Well, that's different where someone like you, when you started it, yeah. and that's where a lot of these gyms start. And they, a lot of these younger guys don't realize it. Like it's super cool, but you have to coach every class and you're not taking any money. Like right. Right. It's a different world, right? That keeps you up at night. So I can see that. So yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, if you're doing a good job, you will get past that. You know, for those that are listening, it's uh, and it can be, you can make a good living. You can make a, a, a good income. You know, depending on what part of the country you're in, but uh, right, right, it takes a little time, and there's obviously a lot of sacrifice, especially if you're not starting with a bunch of capital, right? We're starting from a, a tough right. spot. You're coming right. in there with a couple hundred grand, totally different ballgame. You can pay yourself from day one, right? Yeah, for sure. I did not, I did not have that luxury, so uh, but yeah, we learned a lot along the way, and it's great, and uh. I think that low barrier to entry for CrossFit is a good thing in that regard. You know, you can, if that's what you want to do and a goal and a way to impact your community, you can do that. And I, and I think that is, it's a good and bad thing though. Right. Cause if like yeah. you, if, unless you like you, if you got a, a young guy who wants to do it right and just consider yourself years ago, yep. it is a low barrier to entry. You get in and then you're like, well, shit, I got to run a business. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Like I, there's, there's, I've been on calls and seminars with folks where they're, they're doing their books and it's, they're paying themselves and they're, they're a net negative five grand every month. And you're like, well, you, you, right. You can't live that way. So, and that's when it becomes real that somebody, Hey, I'm a CrossFitter. I can coach people. I love this, Yeah, but you still have to pay the bills. You still gotta, you know, do all that stuff. So it's a business. Uh, yes. And that's it, what, at the end of the day, it is It's fun, but it is a business, right? It's, it has to be a business. That's why I don't like when I don't like when gym owners say like, I don't do this for money. You have to do this for money. Money is not bad. The more money we can make, the more people we can. <laughs> the better, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that that attitude in the CrossFit space has to go. You know, like uh, that's why we were always so hard in marketing, and I I tried to get as many members in the gym as possible. That was my my thing. Like every day is marketing, uh, and just trying to grow, grow, grow. Uh, it's to impact as many lives as possible. You know, so yeah, like that's, that's uh, right. yeah, definitely yeah. a cool thing, Matt. Dude, yeah. this was great. We could talk for hours. Um, yeah, I love it. I love it. For almost an hour. So I think great place to cut it. Where can we find uh, listeners find you on social media, website? Where can we check out CrossFit? Yeah, it's uh, at CrossFit1620 and then uh, CrossFit1620.com. Um, you know, all over the place, you'll see, you'll see what, you know, the social media, all that sort of stuff. Facebook, CrossFit1620. Uh, if you're in, you know, if you're down on the Cape, if you're in Plymouth for the summer, stop by. I'd love to have you. We got a lot of people that come from different parts of the country every year and they're part of the group, part of the community. Um, so yeah, stop on by America's hometown, Plymouth, Mass, baby. I love it. And, uh, I love it. 
I love, love it. to see you by Austin. Love this good stuff, man. I had a lot of fun and I uh, appreciate you reaching out. It was, it was good stuff. It was awesome, Matt. Appreciate it. Yeah, I'll be on the Cape this summer, so I, I will try to swing. Yeah, dude, stop in. You got to. Yeah, you got my number. You know where we're at. Which bridge are you close to? I know there's kind Sagamore. of. Sagamore. Sagamore. I know exactly where you are. Very cool, man. Yeah. Awesome, Matt. Thank you so much, bro. Thanks for the time. Wish you guys all the best. Right, awesome. Thanks, man. Have a great day. God, all listeners, we appreciate you guys as well. Please hit like and subscribe to be notified for future episodes. And until next time, Jim Lords, we are out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Alex Beck, and joining us on the show is Kaylee Cooper from Elevate Bungie Fitness out of Fayetteville, Arkansas. What's going on, Kay- Kaylee? How are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing good as well. Thank you so much for joining today. I know you have a busy schedule, so I appreciate you joining and you know giving some of your time to be here with us. Um, but before we dive into more of the nitty gritty of what you have going on, how you run your facility, why don't you give us a little background info on what made you start your gym in the first place? Yeah, um, I think so. I run a bungee fitness gym. Um, I think as a lot of people seen, if you've been on social media recently, um, on TikTok, uh, there's a lot of bungee fitness videos out there. It was sent to me about two years ago. I uh, thought it was really cool. Figured my town would have one. Um, tends to be a college town that has a lot of fun things. Uh, when they didn't, I figured I could do it. Why not? Um, so that that's kind of how my brain works. Super cool. I could do that. If, it, if anyone, anybody else could, it would be me. <laughs> awesome. So do you make your bungee fitness like kind of general fitness base, you know, for the average person who's trying to lose weight? Yeah. So bungee fitness is a really high intensity, low impact cardio, uh, workout. We do make it a more total body fitness as well by adding in dumbbells and resistance bands and things like that. But yeah, it's a pretty average, um, workout, a uh, fun way to work out for, especially for people kind of just getting back into fitness. Awesome. Awesome. That's cool to hear. And it's cool that, um, you know, you just got this idea and started to to roll with it. Um, you know, we were talking before this and, and life's kind of all about taking risk and just putting your name out there and, and things start to click as you go on. Um, but cool, cool. So I would love for you to give the listeners your own elevator pitch of Bungie Fitness and the services that you guys offer. Yeah, um, I kind of mentioned before, but Elevate um, Bungie Fitness is a low intensity, high in, high intensity, low impact cardio fitness um, it's a lot of fun. It's a really uh, 
interesting way to get back into fitness. I don't think that all fitness has to be the same. Uh, it does, fitness doesn't have to be boring. Right. Um, and so it's a resistance band training where you're kind of your entire body's hooked up to resistance bands, uh, from the ceiling. And so getting into that, we offer, um, kind of our step of level classes, level one, level two, level three. We also offer a boot camp class. It's about 50, 50 cardio and strength training. And then we have a couple of additional classes that we add into our gym as well, like rebounder fitness um, and some things like that. Cool. And out of all of your classes, which one is more successful to you? Do you think just because I know that you're offering, you know, a couple different types of services, Mm -hmm. what one is, uh, you know, bringing in more members from what you've seen? Yeah. Well, so, I mean, I think just in the general of our business, everyone has to start with a level one class. And because my gym is still fairly new, um, we're what, you know, almost about to celebrate our first year anniversary. Um, we're still seeing those level one classes as a full class every single time. Um, other than that, our boot camp classes have really picked up people wanting a full body rounded fitness. Right. Right. I mean, that's huge these days. I mean, boot, boot camp training, all that group training, hit workouts. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, it's been taking off lately and especially post COVID. Um, I've talked to so many gym owners that, you know, started pushing a lot of different types of boot camps and hit training like that. Um, cool. So I know that you're sitting at about 30 to 40 members right now. I do always like to ask is, uh, you know, 40 members, a number that you want to stop at, or are you trying to hit the gas right now and see some new faces? Yeah, absolutely not. No, we want to see more new faces. Um, We really love, um, though, that our classes are up to 10 participants. We don't really allow more than that. Um, We don't have enough stations in our studio to allow more than that. So no matter how many members we have, it's still a very uh, personalized experience because it's one to 10. We're never going to get, you know, a class of 50 to one instructor. Mm -hmm. And so we love that. But um, I would love to see more members in our gym and just have to add those more class times. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. So since you are wanting to see, you know, some new faces, help more people, you know, fill up your membership more, what are you kind of doing right now to aid that growth process? Yeah. Um, so there's a couple of things that we're doing throughout, uh, especially we're leveraging social media, but a lot of social media is your current members, right? Um, however, with all of our first time participants, we offer a BOGO special to get them in the doors. Um, we take video at the end of every class because, um, you know, that, that word of mouth marketing, somebody sharing a video of a really cool new fitness that they did, uh, tends to go further than anything else we can do. Um, we have a couple open houses coming up, um, in summer, and then we do usually a big kind of summer bash as well. So we're going to plan that. Awesome. Awesome. That's cool to, you know, get back in the community too, right? I think that's super important, especially in the first year of building your membership base, um, you know, and trying to have a steady, steady base of members for your facility. Um, have you ever tried anything like paid advertising, Facebook ads, Instagram ads? Yeah, we've used paid advertising a little bit. Um, I actually see a lot more, uh, people coming in from their friends sharing videos than I do from my paid advertisements, but it is good for getting those, uh, early shares. I get more paid advertising. Um, we hear more about that. So my studio is a master trainer studio for sling bungee fitness, uh, meaning that we're certified through sling out of Edmonton, Oklahoma to train and open other studios. Uh, I tend to get more of my training clientele from my, uh, wanting to open other studios, training and certification program from that paid advertising. Okay, cool, cool. So, so when you do run ads and and do paid advertising, is that something that you do yourself or do you hire like an outside company to do the marketing for you? 
Yeah. Um, I, so far I've done it all myself. Um, uh, my background is actually in graphic design and advertising. And so that's been really helpful, uh, in, in helping to, to do some of that advertising out there. De- definitely. Definitely. I'm sure can... there are experts that are much better at it than I am. Um, but, uh, as a new business owner, you kind of wear everything, you do everything yourself to start yeah. with. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, me, myself, I started, um, you know, digital marketing, running Facebook ads in 2016. And there definitely is a learning curve, right? I mean, I think the first year I definitely lost more money than I made running ads, spent a lot of money trying to figure it out, right? I mean, that whole Facebook business manager, it looks like Chinese with, mm-hmm. you know, all the, the lettering, all the bu- bu- buttons you could click. Um, so that's awesome that you took it, you know, in your own hands to to learn yourself, um, were you able to track your results like the, with, while you're doing that, like cost per acquisition, cost per lead? Yeah, I haven't focused as heavily on that. Um, uh, just to, to be quite honest, <laughs> you know, I put I put it out there. We'll see how many shares, likes, comments we get. Um, right. We focus more on just, you know, seeing if we're getting calls from it. I do surveys every now and then, you know, every time someone comes to my gym, like, where did you hear about us from? You know, who did you see it? Like, where did you hear that from? Um, just kind of a general word of mouth understanding. Yeah. Most times what are, where are they coming from? Are they coming from your ads? Usually or? it's, usually it's a uh, no, it's actually, it's word most of, of the time in my gym is, is word of mouth. It's, yeah. Hey, my friend posted a video. They loved it. Um, yeah. they said we should go try it out. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and word of mouth is so powerful. Like we said, getting referrals, um, you know, get building do, that, that strong community base. Um, I do get quite a bit from just SEO, like search results, um, because I am the only fitness or bungee fitness within about three and a half hours of my, myself, That's cool. um, anybody within three and a half hours of me is kind of looking for bungee fitness. Uh, I'm, I'm the closest. So, yes. So you have the whole market right there. Yeah. I kind of have the, the Northwest Arkansas, Southeast Missouri m- market here. Definitely. Definitely. And now it's about like finding, you know, that extra layer to bring, to bring more members in, right. And get mm-hmm. consistent leads. Um, you know, a lot of people have a bad stigma towards paid advertising or, you know, I'm not going to give Mark Zuckerberg my money. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, these things are just tools and you could choose to use them or not. And if you could use it the correct way, um, you know, it makes it all that much easier for you to have a lead generation system, something that, you know, you turn on and off with the click of a button, um, you know, by figuring out your marketing angle. So, so that's definitely like the benefit of having, um, you know, lead generation. Yeah, absolutely. So, I see that. so, so I, I did want to ask just a, a little bit about, you know, your sales process. What's your process once you get a lead, let's say it's a referral, someone who's just interested, never really seen Bungie Fitness before. Um, what's your process to turning them into a paid member? Um, right now, you know, I, a lot of our, uh, just turning them into paid members is we offer a BOGO offer for every first time participant. Um, okay. We want them to get in and try the class out, make sure it's the fun fitness they enjoy that first class. We're going to make it super fun. So they tend to just turn, turn over from that point. Um, we get a lot of uh, seen as novelty fitness. So sometimes, and so having to turn that corner and, and get them to see that there are other kinds of fitness. So right. at the end of all of our classes, we go over, Hey, here's your next step. Here's where you're going to go next. This isn't just a novelty fitness. I know you had a lot of fun flying around, yeah. but you can't come back to a boot camp class or something like that. Um, I, we don't do, do a whole lot of like reaching out to people who just kind of show interest. Um, we let them come to us. Okay. Okay. Awesome. And why do you do that you, instead of 
you know, not reaching out or, you know, contacting leads who might be interested? Yeah. Um, I, you know, I just haven't had a chance to, to, to pull that, that trigger on contacting yeah. other people to, to reach out. Yeah. Um, wouldn't really know where to start with that. <laughs> right. Right. And, and no worries on that. I mean, I, I think most gym owners don't get into gym ownership with, you know, a expectation that they're going to have to be a good marketer or, you know, be a good salesman. But, but then when you start, you know, you realize all these skills that you also have to be good at. And some people have a bad stigma towards, um, you know, calling leads or or being too salesy quote unquote. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and at the end of the day, it's really how you view it because the way I would look at it is like, you know, if, if your mission is to help people, um, to change lives, to have people live a healthier lifestyle, have a better mindset. Um, in turn, you know, you do have to go out and find those members and, you know, be able to sell, sell them and get them, mm-hmm. um, you know, interested in what you have going on at your facility. Um, but do you do the selling currently? I, I know you have a full-time job. Do you usually have like a sales associate that's there, a front desk mm-hmm. person that sells the memberships or the No, it's all done through myself. Um, They, you know, we've got our contact, all the contact info just comes to me um, through our, our, my phone or email, um, anything like that. We also, like I said, we do those open houses. Um, And so those have been really big for us is just getting people in to come do like a free demo class. And then we uh, sell from there, you know, we'll have specials that they can sign up for while they're there. Awesome. Awesome. Now, if you could wave a magic business wand, essentially, um, you know, and have your business be in the exact position that you want it. Um, what would that look like to you? I think just consistently running, um, you know, profitable numbers, yeah. um, just having enough people into the the business to, uh, you know, kind of turn that, that around without being, you know, stressed out about what's my next move. What are we right. going to add next? Um, at the same time, I want people coming back because they feel like they're getting a good workout. I want people coming back because they feel like they're getting something from my gym that they're not getting from other gyms. So, okay. And what what would you say is like the biggest bottleneck that you're facing right now from, you know, getting to that point? Um, well, right, right. This very moment, it's just that summer's coming up. And so people tend to, and just in a fitness world to drop off during the summertime anyways. Um, so that's kind of our biggest piece right now. But other than that, um, it's just, you know, putting our, our name out there. Yeah. Fighting that novelty fitness uh, stigma as well. Definitely. Definitely. And I know you offer some different layers of service. Um, I believe you do a little bit of private training, correct? Yeah. Um, not as, not quite as much. Not, we do okay. private lessons um, and we do private group classes, okay. um, but it's still based in uh, kind of a group fitness. Okay. And you're also doing a um, boot camp training. How's that been going since you started doing that? going really well. Um, our, our members really enjoy the boot camp format because every instructor kind of, we leave it up to them to, we've got a format of, you know, it's going to be 50% bungee and 50% uh, strength workout, but we leave it up to the instructor at that point to, uh, create a class that works for one, their participants. Cause a lot of times people come back to the same instructor over and over again, and they're not always there for my form of fitness or there for that particular instructor. Cause that speaks to them. Right, um, right, right. So people love that. They love that they're getting a strength workout as well as a cardio workout. Do um would you say like a you know a lot of your clients push to towards that direction for doing you know like the boot camp style as well, or um would you say most of them are are just doing uh, bungee fitness classes? Um, 
I would say it's a good mix. Um, I think that, you know, I've got, it's the same participants kind of coming into boot camp a couple times a week. And then at the same time, they're going into those higher level classes to learn new skills because that's fun. Right. Right. And when people, um, you know, do join your facility, do, are they coming for, you know, health related or, or trying to lose weight? Is that something that you push at all or do you more so stick towards, um, you know, not that aspect, not being a, Hey, Hey, come here. Um, and lose 20 pounds type of gym. Yeah. I don't really push the, the, Hey, we want to come here and lose 20 pounds. I want you to come and get into the shape that you feel like you want to get into. Um, so, you know, not everybody's goal is to lose weight. We do see a lot of that. Like people want to come in, they want to lose weight, right. Or they want to tone up. Um, but more so, uh, we don't, we don't push quite as much. I just want you to be in a healthy shape. I want you to get in the shape for your body. Um, I, you know, I started as a not very healthy person. Um, my, I couldn't keep up with like even my own single, my own level one classes. Um, and so I think that just encouraging people to be in a gym, that's where they're needing to start. Like, I don't want you to come in and feel like you have to meet all of your goals right at once. I want you to come right. in and have fun and be like, oh yeah, I can work out. I can be a person that works out. Yeah. Cool. Cool. And, and, um, just a question still touching, you know, related to the different type of services do you offer? Um, do you, you know, sell or offer any supplements, you know, merch, um, different food and drinks, nutrition, accountability? Yeah, not right now. Um, we haven't done any kind of merch. We've done, um, a couple of t-shirt orders or like legging orders for that. Um, but I don't have any kind of standing merchandise order. Um, we haven't done any supplements. Um, we do work with a couple of the, uh, nutrition and tea places around to offer, you know, they, they'll bring in discounts or they'll come in into our open houses. Um, and those are all the herbal life teas. So that yeah. seems to be a pretty popular thing around. So we right. added that in as well. Super cool. I've actually, uh, met, I mean, I guess he would be like a, a sale, an ambassador of herbal life, mm-hmm. um, who brought it to Asia and ended up blowing it up in Asia. Um, but yeah, That's he lives awesome. in Newport now over here. Um, they seem to be popping up everywhere that we've got, um, right. there's I think nine or 10 different ones within our 15 mile radius now. And so, uh, you know, we, we work with them a lot. Awesome. Awesome. And as we close out the episode today, um, can you tell the listeners something, you know, that you wish you would have known when you first started with owning your facility? Uh, I think the thing I wish, and I tell all my training clients this all the time. Um, the thing I wish I would have known one is that there are free, free resources, um, out there for you to learn. Um, and you don't have to do it by yourself though. Um, we, I actually worked really heavily with, um, the Arkansas small business and technology development center, which is a free resource through our college. Um, they help you set up a business plan and write, you know, all that marketing material, they'll help you, you know, with marketing and design and they just help small businesses. And I tell people, I'm like, I wish I would have known them about a year before, (laughs) before I did, because I came in in the middle. Um, The other thing I tell people all the time is find yourself a good commercial realtor when you're looking for spaces, because space is a hard thing to come by. (laughs) Right, right. Okay, cool. It's all those logistical things of a business that you never thought you would have to worry about. (laughs) Yeah, no, definitely. I I totally get that. But um, no, I think that's a pretty good place to wrap things up, Kaylee. Um, but before we do sign out of here, please give a shout out to your website, your social media pages, um, just so the listeners could find some more info on you and your gym. Yeah. So all of our social media, we're on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok is at Elevate Bungie Fitness. Uh, our website is at is ElevateBungieFitness.com. 
Awesome. Awesome. I appreciate it. Once again, appreciate you giving some of your time. Um, and to everyone who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. As for the listeners, don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you are interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.